0: Good morning, PCC. It is always a privilege and a pleasure to be in the presence of the Lord. And so I'm so grateful to be invited to speak to you this morning. I want to thank Pastor Gary and Sister Donna for extending this invitation to me. And I'm so grateful and happy that it's with you that I'm getting this chance to come and deliver God's message. But before we get started, like I always do, let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer and commit this time to the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you and we just present this message to you, Lord. Father God, it is your message and these are your people. And as we begin to uncover what your scripture teaches this morning, I'm asking you to hide me behind the cross, Lord God, and we know that your word is going to accomplish the purpose for which you have created it and send it. So we thank you in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen. So over the last month, we've been dealing with the subject of prayer and we've been dealing with the title sir, of, of the series is the thing that changes things. And as Pastor Gary have been educating us over the last few weeks it's the only thing that can really do that. And as he said, there are too many times we think that God is not going to do this or God is not going to do that. And so what we end up doing is we end up praying little prayers. Prayers that we think are so easy that God won't be able to miss it. And so today, we want to open it up so we can get a better understanding of what does the scripture teach us about prayer. So have you, have, have you been As you have been following the series, you will know in the first series, in the first sermon of the series, Pastor Gary started talking about following the pattern of prayer. And that's where we reviewed some prayers in the Bible and how in the Old Testament they used to do things and coming up to the New Testament. So we got an understanding of the pattern of prayer. Also in the second series, you learned about big prayers and that you learned from the life of Jabez, which is a very powerful book, a very powerful uh, couple of verses, really, if you ever get a chance to really read it. If not, go over the sermon and you will get a better understanding of it. And then on the third one, which was last week, Pastor Gary um, asked us, well, what makes an effective prayer? Is it the word that you use? Is it the person that is praying that makes the prayer effective? What is it? But what really makes the the, the prayer effective? And so he gave us some tools on what uh, are effective prayer of a righteous man. And then today, we'll be talking about what do you do when you feel like God is not answering your prayers? We'll also be answering the question, does God answer our prayers? And also, how can I know if I'm really, really hearing from God. And the the title for this message is An Expected Answer to Prayer. An Expected Answer to Prayer. So with that, we're gonna go to the scriptures. We're gonna go to a passage in scripture that talks about a man by the name of Gideon. And his story is so interesting. Once you start reading it and we start uncovering it, you will begin to see prayer in a total different light. So I'm gonna ask you if you would please join with me, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Judges chapter six, and we'll be reading from verse number 11 all the way to verse number 18. That's Judges chapter six, verse number 11 to verse number 18. And then it says, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joas the Abysserite where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. Verse 12, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of the Midianites. Verse number 14, the Lord turned to him and said, go go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Verse 17, Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that is really you talking to me. In verse number 18, please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until You return. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of His Word. And as a church, we all usually say, Amen. Amen, Amen, Amen. Now, this particular passage is very, very interesting, as I said earlier, because this book of Judges is the book that begins after the book of Joshua. And you remember, if you read in the book of Joshua, This was the children of Israel had now went into the land of Canaan and God had gave them the land of Canaan and now they were supposed to take over the land of Canaan, but God gave them strict instructions as to how they were supposed to behave when they went into Canaan. However, once the children of Israel began to settle down, they began to do some things that just made God angry. So, after the death of Joshua and Caleb, they were given the instruction by God as to how do you live in this land of Canaan. God has instructed them to have no other gods before them. Now, for many of you who are Bible scholars, you remember that God has been saying that ever since Genesis and Exodus, that you shall have no other gods before him. In fact, that's actually the first commandment, that you shall have no other gods before him to show you that God takes this very serious. However the children of Israel, they habitually showed disregards to God's command. Every time God gave them a command, they totally ignore it. And because of their habitual disregard for God's command, guess what God did? He allowed them to be oppressed by the nations around them as punishment for their sin. And so, After Joshua um, has passed, and and they were living now in the land of Canaan, the Lord now began to appoint judges, right? And these judges are not like Judge Judy that you see on television, or some of these uh, celebrity judges that you know, or even the judges that you see in a courthouse, right? But these were people that God set in place for a specific reason, they were set in place to rescue Israel from the oppressors and to lead them back into repentance. But every time God had developed a judge and have set him in place, guess what happened? Israel would actually got better and they would repent and they will go back to God, but it was short-lived. And they continually had this back and forth going to where Every time a judge was, um, was, was set in place, Israel just kept on doing well. And then as soon as the judge died, they went back to business as usual. But here is the thing about God. He loved Israel so much and he cared about them that he would always try to keep his promise with them. And so that's why God kept appointing various judges. And some of the judges that you've probably heard about are some of the people like Deborah and uh, Samson was a judge and Samuel was a judge. As a matter of fact, there was about 17 judges. And now we're going to get down to this judge that we're about to talk about. His name is Gideon. Now, the book of Judges, it covers a period of approximately 325 years, and it chronicles all the inconsistencies that Israel had with their fidelity with God. Now, these judges that God had developed and had set in place, he used them to to, to perform specific tasks, leading the nation back to Israel. And like I said earlier, there were 17 judges. Now, this gentleman by the name of Gideon, he was the fifth judge in Israel, right? And the Bible says that Gideon, he was the son of a man called Joash, a Manasite. And he lived in a city called Ophrah. Now, uh, very interesting about Gideon is that he's a military strategist. And his main task was to defeat the Midianites and to bring Israel back into repentance. So as we begin to talk about that, we're going to get into this story real quick. So what we're seeing here is that the children of Israel, they habitually sinned before God and God just decided, you know what? Enough is enough. So what God had, had done is he had allowed the Midianites who were the surrounding uh, communities to come in and they would oppress Israel. And what they would do is while Israel was, um, uh, doing their, 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 was farming their grain and they were able to shell out the grain and things like that. Every time that they would have a harvest, what God would do is God would send the Midianites there and they would come in and they would ramsack and they would take away everything that Israel have and leave them with nothing. So here they were in this land and had nothing to eat. And what do they do? They do what they always do. They cried out unto God. And so Israel cried out unto God, and now God was beginning to respond. But the, it, the, but the response that God was beginning to give them kind of surprised even Gideon. So we go back to the story, and we talked about it. So God now came to Gideon, and the first thing that God said to Gideon is that, Gideon, you're a mighty, you're a mighty man of valor. You are going to be given the task of going and bringing back Israel unto repentance and to defeat the Midianites. But here was what Gideon had to say when the angel of the Lord came down and said that to him. Verse number 12, when the angel of the Lord appeared unto Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Verse number 13, listen to Gideon's response. He says, pardon me, my Lord, But if the Lord is with us, why did all of this happen to us? And where is the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt, but the Lord has abandoned us? You know, Gideon was asking a very important question. And I believe that it's a question that many of us have asked throughout our life. A lot of us have prayed many times. And sometimes we don't get the answers that we're looking for when we pray. Sometimes we hear nothing, and sometimes we don't even know what's going on. So, the question that we ask ourselves is where is God when I needed him? Where is God when I need him? And that's exactly what Gideon is asking. That's the question that he is really asking God here because he is looking at the fact that right now we as a nation are being oppressed by these Midianites. And to make matters worse, the Bible says that Gideon was found hiding in a wine press. Now, for many of you, you 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 know why this is very interesting, because if because what he was doing in the wine press was that he was um, shedding the wheat. Now, you would never do that in a wine press. Right? You would never do that in a wine press. How you would usually do that is you would do that on top of a mountain. And when you are starting to, to shed the wheat, the wind will begin to blow. And then it will blow away all the trash. And then you will have the, 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 the wheat so you can do that. Now Gideon is here in hiding. Why is he in hiding? He is in hiding because the Midianites are coming. Because if the Midianites saw him up there with the wheat, guess what they're going to do? They're going to take it away. So can you imagine what Gideon is feeling? Here I am. We are the children of Israel and we are hiding from the Midianites. And where am I hiding? He's hiding in a liquor store. He's hiding in one of your ABC liquor store, Total Wine. He's hiding in one of those stores because you know what? He is scared for his life. And so you can understand why Gideon would ask God that question or ask the angel that question. Hey, if, if God is really with me, then why is it that all of this is happening? What happened to all the miracles that God has promised? You know what Gideon was doing? Gideon was allowing his current circumstance to form a distorted view of God. While he was in there, all he kept looking at was a circumstance. Here I am. I'm hiding from the Midianite. I'm scared for my whole life. And God, you're supposed to be here. And God, you're supposed to protect me. But you didn't protect me. So you know what happens is Gideon now begins to feel forsaken. He felt forsaken. He feels like my God has abandoned us. And there are some of us that probably feels like that sometimes when we don't hear the answers to the prayers that we're looking for. And sometimes when, when we feel like God is silent on certain things that we have prayed for, we, we, we ask ourselves the question, has God really forsaken us? Did God really abandon us? Now, here's the thing. There are two, two things we need to understand about being forsaken. Now, God would, con- would conditionally forsake people, right, in the scriptures. If there was habitual sin in their lives. Now, if God had told someone that you're, you're supposed to live a holy life and that you're supposed to live a life that glorifies him, but you decide that you are not going to do it, the blessings that God, that God would have given you would be on hold because there is sin that is in your life. And so because of that, God would forsake a, a, a group of people based on those things. Now, when it comes to his people... When it comes to his own people, God states in his word that he will never eternally abandon or forsaken his people. But here's the problem. Sometimes it's we that just feel forsaken. Why? Because there is a delay in the answer to our prayers. We want God to answer our prayers and sometimes we want him to do it now. But then we don't hear from God. And guess what? We feel abandoned and that abandonment leads to a condition of being despair and when a person is despair it means that this person has now lost all hope or they're given up on hope and the fact that Gideon really did ask this question where is God it shows you that he felt hopeless he felt like there was no one there but God will never abandon his people. As a matter of fact, listen to, the, listen to what God says in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 6. He says, I want you to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified of them. For the Lord thy God goes with you. Listen to this promise that God gave from Deuteronomy. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Wow, God will never leave you nor forsake you. That is a promise that is coming from the almighty God, the creator of the universe. He is saying that no matter what, even though you mess up, even though you have turned away from him, he will not eternally forsake you. He will always give you a chance. And the fact that the Lord uh, has sent Jesus Christ into the world to die for your sins and mine proves that God will never leave us and he'll never forsake us. You know, when I was a kid, I you know, my mom fell on hard time. And as a result, my brother and I, we had to grow up with my grandmother uh, in Jamaica while my sister was living with my mom. Now, things got a little hectic at times living with my grandmother, and I would often ask my mom a lot of time, you know, can I come and live with you? Is it possible for me to do that? But my mom at the time, she wasn't in a position to take care of us. My mom was only living in a one-bedroom apartment, and she only had that one room, really. So she didn't have a room. And I could just remember... That feeling of just being abandoned. I felt like Gideon. I felt like my mom didn't love me anymore. I don't know. When you was in middle school, you remember they used to have that, that saying that your mama don't love you? That's how I felt. I felt like my mama didn't love me. I felt like she didn't really care about me. She didn't care that I was going through this difficult time. And I didn't have her to lean on. you know. Um, and, and, and that was the feeling that I felt. I felt like Gideon. I felt forsaken. I felt as if she wasn't concerned with my well-being. You see, the problem is I was allowing my frustration of my current circumstances to determine the character of my mom. But little did I know that while I was in that situation, my mom was planning all along for for a day when all of us was going to be together she was planning with my stepfather um, in order to take us to America. And I can remember one day she came to my brother when when all of the plans came together and she says, hey, listen, I want you guys to to pack your bags. I want you to, 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 to get ready because we're moving to America. You see, my impatience, caused me to question the character of my mother. And that's because I didn't know what her plans were. And it made me feel like the situation was hopeless. And I gotta tell you that there are some times when we pray to God and we don't hear an answer, and what we're doing is we allow our emotions to determine the character of God, just like Gideon. But that's just because many of us are unaware of the things that God is doing in the background, preparing us, uh, preparing to answer our prayer. Even though you can't see what God is doing, the Bible declares, as it is written, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard, um, neither has it entered into the heart the things which God has for, in store for those that love him in other words God is preparing something special and he's preparing to answer the prayers that you're praying even though right now it seems difficult because of the situation that you're in I remember we used to listen to a song many years ago it used to say God is too wise to be God is too good to be unkind and it says when you can't trace his hand and when you, do, when you don't understand and when you can't trace his hand, it says to trust his heart. Just trust God. It's difficult. I know. It's hard, I know. Sometimes it's it, it it feels like heaven is shut up and and you hear nothing, but just trust God because He is working on a plan for you. And this is what Gideon didn't understand. Gideon didn't understand that he could trust God, and so that's why he questioned God. He was questioning uh, whether or not God God's presence would have been there with them. And so, but then God was getting ready to answer Gideon's prayer in a way that even Gideon was going to be shocked. So the question goes. It goes on to the second part. Does God answers our prayer? Does God answers our prayer? Now we go on a little bit more. Gideon's chapter 6 and verse number 14. Let's see what, what was God's answer to Gideon's prayer. So as the Israelites were there praying that God would come and open up the, the door and give them a chance to over. Uh, come the Midianites, um, and, God, it, and, and God send the angel to come talk to Gideon. Gideon is here questioning the angel, saying, so where is God, right? But now here is how God is responding through the angel to Gideon. It says, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the hands of Midian. Am I not sending you? Wow. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not saving you? In other words, what God was saying to uh, Gideon here is listen. I have been planning. I know you've been praying, but I've been planning. And I have a plan as to how we're going to overcome the Midianites. Here is the plan that I have for Israel. Because he's a God that always answers prayer. And even though he, he, it doesn't come when you, when you call right away, but you know what? He's always going to be on time. So here God comes and he says to, to, to him, Gideon, here's, here, here is how I'm going to answer that prayer. You are going to be the one that's going to rescue Israel out of the hands of the Midianites. Wow. You, Gideon, are going to be that. So you know what, God's, what God was saying to Gideon? Is listen, you've got to be careful what you ask for because I just might surprise you. And that's exactly what God was doing to Gideon because God was going to give an, an unexpected answer to the prayer of the, of, 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 of the Israelites through Gideon. So what does God do? So God says to, to Gideon, listen, I want you to go and you're going to rescue my people from the Midianites. Now here's what God did. See, God first gave Gideon a name for the task that God was sending Gideon to do. Remember what we read earlier when the angel came to Gideon and the angel said, Gideon, mighty man of valor. Wow, this is kind of interesting if you think about it. Here was Gideon. Where was Gideon at the time when the angel came? Gideon was hiding in the winepress. He was running, he was hiding, he was scared for his life. In, in, in today's language, we would say Gideon was a coward, Oh yeah, because he's hiding from the Midianites. But God walks up to Gideon and listen what God called Gideon. God didn't look at Gideon at, at his present condition, but God looked at Gideon as to what he is preparing Gideon to become. He said to him, Gideon, mighty man of valor. You see how God does it? God doesn't sit there and God doesn't look. He, he knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what people have called you. He knows exactly what you think of yourself. But God does doesn't see you the way you see you God sees you the way he has created you to be and so this was what God was was instituting and telling Gideon hey listen you are a mighty man of valor and there is a job that I have for you and so what God did is God named him for the job he gave him the identity that he needed to carry out the task that he was that he was praying for but not only did God give him the identity for it, but God also appointed him to it. God says, you are going to lead the children, in, the, the children of Israel against the Midianites. He says, you. God appointed him to do it. But then God didn't just stop there. He says, hey, okay, well, here's the next thing I'm going to do. I'm going to, uh, I, he gave you the name, he appointed you, but then God is going to give him the power that he needs to do it. Look at what he says in, 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 in verse number four. Uh, in verse number, let's read verse 15. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least in my family. The Lord answered. Here's what the Lord says. I, be, I will be with you. You will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none of them alive. All right. You would strike down all the Midianites, leaving none of them alive. But before that, actually, to answer that question that I said, how is the Lord do it? Uh, the Lord is going to empower Gideon. He says, go in the strength that you have and save Israel from the Midianites' hand. You see that? God gave Gideon the strength that he need to rescue Israel. God gave him God gave him the name for it he told him that you're a mighty man God gave him the the, he appointed him to do it and then God says hey listen I'm not gonna just name you I'm not just gonna appoint you but I'm gonna give you the power and the strength and the resources that you need to become victorious in the calling that I'm giving you but then Gideon all of a sudden changes his tone You see, Gideon is no longer questioning whether or not where is God and things like that. What Gideon now is saying is, okay, God, we've got a big problem. I understand you named me, appointed me, and I understand you empowered me. But the problem is, I think you're making a mistake. Whoa. What do you mean? Look what Gideon says. Gideon says, Lord, listen, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I'm the least in my family. When it comes to my family, oh God, listen, I'm the last. You know, there's a lot more people that you could have chosen other than me. I'm pretty sure I can find probably five, six, or seven other people that fit the qualification that you're looking for. But Lord, guess what? It's not me. Not only that, Lord, it's not my clan none of my peoples don't even fit the, 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 the personality of the person that you're actually looking for so here is now Gideon looking at God and saying God you don't know what you're doing because if I was choosing warriors and if I was choosing to rescue Israel guess what Lord I wouldn't choose me <laughs> how many of us have done that sometimes How many times God come to us and says, hey, listen, I want you to do this. And you say, wait, no, 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 God, me? You know, Gideon wasn't the first man that went through this to our scripture. You remember Moses. When God told Moses, you're going to go to Pharaoh, Moses said, wait a second, Lord. I can't talk. God says, wait, wait, wait. Who made your mouth? (laughs) When God went to Jeremiah and told Jeremiah, hey, listen, Jeremiah, you're going to go over there and you're going to speak to the children of Israel. Jeremiah says, wait, 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 Lord, I'm too young and inexperienced. But you see, God is not concerned about what you think about yourself because God knows what he has placed in you. And he knows what he is giving you and the things that God is about to do. He has prepared you and he has supplied you with all the resources that you need in order to do that. So God said to to, 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 uh, Gideon, listen, two things I'm going to give you. One, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you my presence. Number number one. Number two, you're going to be victorious. You will defeat the Midianites. Wow. Look at that. Remember Gideon's first response to God when God told him, when when the angel came to him? Gideon first looked at the angel and said, where is God? In other words, God's presence is absent. But the problem is Gideon and the children of Israel did not have the patience to wait on God. Because exactly what Gideon was complaining that he didn't have is exactly what God is now giving him to go do the task, which he was, which he was supposed to do. So the question is, does God answer his prayer? The answer is absolutely. But here's the thing. The way how God answers prayers may not be the way that you're looking for God to answer prayer. You see, Gideon, he wasn't thinking that God was going to ask him to go lead the children of Israel um, against the Midianites. No, 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 no. You know what Gideon was doing? Gideon was thinking that God is going to send somebody else to do it. Oftentimes, you may be an unexpected answer to someone else's prayer. Let me repeat that again. You may be an unexpected answer to somebody else's prayer. You know, oftentimes we pass by people who are homeless or people who don't have much. And sometimes we might pray to the Lord and we may say to the Lord, Lord, I'm praying that you will, for- that you will provide for them. Uh, sometimes we know some people who are struggling in life and, and um, they're praying to God and, and we are also joining them in prayer and praying that God will give them a miracle, that God will give them some of the things that they're asking for. But let me ask you this. What if while you're praying, God puts the burden on your heart to do something about it. Would you be willing to do that? Or would you be like Gideon that says, no, 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 not me, Lord. I, I don't think I can do it. Um, I, I'm not the one you're talking to. No, 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 I don't think that's it. You know, I remember one evening um, I was taking my son home from, from football practice. And as we were driving um, down on, on, on a street, they, we, we came up to an intersection. And as we were at the intersection, I turned right. As I turned right, there was an oncoming truck that was coming down um, on the road and there was a, a little old lady was crossing the street. And as she was crossing the street, you know, before she she reached the, the ledge to completely cross the road, the truck actually hit the, the, the lady and she flew over the truck and she fell in the middle of the road. And, and here I was driving. And as soon as I saw that me and my son, right in front of our eyes, we, 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 we stopped and we prayed. And we were praying that God would help this lady and that she will be alive and that nothing will happen to her. But at the time, I really didn't want to stop because, you know, I had to go home and I was running late. Um, and, and so I was tired. It's been a long day. So I figured I would just call 911 and have the cops come there. And then, and then I felt the Lord just put it on my heart. Go out there and go, and go help the lady. And so what we did is we, we, we came out the car ran into the middle of traffic, tried to stop the other cars because there was oncoming traffic and they would have ran right over the lady had they not stopped. I mean, I wasn't really thinking about myself at that moment because um, you know, we saw that the lady needed the help. And so the cops came and, and after the cops came, they took down um, their reports and they asked us for our names and things like that. And so we were able to do that. Now the question is, what would have happened if I just only prayed and kept going home? I may have missed the opportunity for God to use me to be the answer to someone else's prayer. (laughs) Much less my own prayer at that time. You see, I was asking God for help for this lady, but little did I know, it was me that God was going to use to actually provide the help. And this is the same thing that Gideon was going through. Gideon didn't realize that he was going to be the guy that God was going to call to actually start help. So, you know, there are some times that when we pray and we're praying for others and we're, we're asking for God to intervene in their lives and we're, and, and we're asking for God to shape their lives into the way that he would have them to do. But, but, but it could be that God may use you as a vessel to answer someone else's prayer. And so, if that is you, sometimes we should just be thinking, we should be asking and we should be praying and, and be very receptive to the Holy Spirit's prompting whenever he does that, because we can be a vessel that God would use to answer someone else's prayer. so Gideon he, 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 he asked the question about God, and the first thing he says is, "Where is God when I needed him?" because he believed that God had forsaken him, but the truth is God didn't forsake them and so and so the next question is, okay, okay uh, the does God answer our prayers? Does God really answers our prayers? Um, and the answer is yes, God does answer your prayers. But he does answer it in a way that is unexpected. And it may be you that he's using as a vessel to help someone else who may be in need. And so the third thing, which is the third thing that Gideon went through is, Gideon says, okay, Lord, I understand that you're sending me to go and defeat the Midianites. I understand that you're using me and you've prepared me, you've given me all the things that you've given me, but I've got one problem. How do I know that it's you? You see, at this time, Gideon was really speaking to the angel of the Lord, right? Gideon was speaking, I apologize about that. I watch his um, listening to the message, but I think it probably needs to record it. Anyways, <laughs> let's keep going. So Gideon was, 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 was speaking to the angel. It was the angel of the Lord that Gideon was talking to. And, 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 and so Gideon says, okay, I understand that you're sending me, but if you're going to send me, I need some assurance that it's you that is sending me. I need to know that it's you. How many times have we ever asked God that question? God, send me a sign. Show me something that is you. When I was young, I used to do some of the stupidest thing. I used to say, hey, Lord, if it's really you, cause this to happen. You know, but sometimes it wasn't really that I was asking God because I, I, I really believed. It was just sometimes I was testing God, which is something that you don't want to do. You know, we'll talk about that in a minute. So Gideon here, he is asking God to provide some assurance. I want to know if I'm really hearing from you or is, just a, is this just my mind playing tricks on me? Am I just hearing stuff in my head? Is it just me coming up with these things I want to know who it is that is really talking to me. And so God is beginning to answer Gideon's Gideon's prayer. So Gideon says, you know what, Lord? In order for me to find out if it's really you, what I need you to do, Lord, I need you to give me a sign. I need a sign to know that it's really you. I really know. I really need to know. You know, throughout scriptures, we've, we've, we've seen stories like this. We've seen many people who, at times, when they really want to know and to confirm that God's, what God's will is, they will ask God to give them a sign. Now, there might be some people today that may say, well, you know, we don't do that anymore, and, and as a matter of fact, we don't think it's right to be putting God to the test, and, and I don't believe that really asking God to really confirm his will is really putting God to the test, you know? Yes, there are times when there was a time when Jesus um was speaking and the people was asking for a sign and Jesus condemned them and say this generation is seeking a sign. And and the reason why Jesus had condemned them was because they were doing it for um ulterior motives. They weren't really doing it because they really wanted to know who God was. And so Jesus condemned them because of that. However, There are many uh, places in scripture where you see a, a lot of evidence of people who have asked God to give them signs. You know, you remember the story of Abraham and his servant. Um, you know, as he was going to go try to help Lot find a wife. And he, and he really put it to God and he says, God, um, this is the type of woman that I'm looking for. You know, when I see these signs, please uh, let me know that that's the woman and so on and so forth. And he went and, and, and God gave him the signs as that. Throughout scriptures, you've seen it. Um, even with Moses and, and all the signs that he has seen in, 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 in Israel as, they were, as the plagues were um, Being done on Egypt. So there are many a times throughout scriptures that God would often give sign to confirm uh, to someone that it's really Him that is sent in there. And if you're asking God to show you uh, that, listen, um, I just need some confirmation, Lord, that it is you. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't believe there's anything wrong with that. That's also um, something good that can happen because what you're saying is God, I'm, 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 I'm in this area where there is an unknown and I just need to know that it is you that is sending me. And this is what Gideon was feeling. Gideon didn't realize that who he was really talking to was God. He didn't realize that. Uh, Because oftentimes throughout the scriptures, you will see that the angel of the Lord will be speaking to people. But there are times when God himself shows up and is speaking to people in the same manner. And so Gideon didn't even realize that this was happening. He still thought he was speaking to an angel. And so that's why Gideon wanted this confirmation, you know? And so confirmation is, is, is something that I believe is, is very important and it, it's okay for God to give confirmation. God does give confirmation of his will. I don't know um, about you, but have you ever called like a, a, the, the utility company and maybe you have a question about your bill? One of the things that they do as soon as you call them is they ask you to confirm your identity, right? So they ask you, hey, listen, what is your date of birth? And they might ask you, well, what is your real name, your complete name? What is your social security number? And so on and so forth, or the last four digits of your social security number. The the reason why they're doing that is because they want to make sure that it is you that they're speaking to. And they also want to make sure that you are giving them the permission to access your account. So they ask you these questions so that you can give them the assurance that they're not just speaking to any old Joe on the streets. You know, they're not just speaking to anyone who just wants to, you know, there are so many people out there that are trying to uh, steal people's information and people's identity and so on and so forth. So they wanna make sure that the person that they're really talking to is really, really you. They want you to confirm your identity. And so this is exactly what Gideon was doing. Gideon was asking God, God, could you confirm and just let me know that this is you? And you know what the Bible says? God actually did that. God put him through uh, some things to do and God told him what to do so that he can confirm his identity. In verse number 16, he says, this is what Gideon says to God, please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord says, I will wait until you return. Now Gideon went inside, prepared a young goat, and from the, ep- the, the effort of flour he made, bread without yeast, put in the meat on the basket, and a broth in the pot, and he brought it out and he offered it unto him under the oak tree. tree. Verse 21, 20, and the angel of God said, take the meat. And the unleavened bread placed them on this rock and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of the staff that was in his hand. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. And it was then that Gideon realized, wait a second. I was in the presence of God. And God was actually speaking to me. And, and and furthermore, Gideon was scared and he wondered, why is it that am I still alive that I'm still alive? Because in the old testament and, and, and many times, if you know, when, when anyone would, would look upon God, it says that you couldn't do it without um, without being dead. And so God speared Gideon's life so Gideon can actually see God for who he is. You know, so Gideon really asked God for that confirmation, and guess what God did? God gave it to him, God gave it to him, God gave him that confirmation. So you know what? You and I, sometimes when we, when we pray and we really wanna find out what God, God's real will is for our lives, it's okay to ask for confirmation. Now there are three ways that I know that God gives confirmation. One of the ways that God gives confirmation is through people. Sometimes you pray, and you pray for something specific, and you will hear someone come to you and say, you know, the Lord put you on my heart, and this is what I hear the Lord is saying, and it's exactly that thing that you've been praying for, that you're hearing coming through someone who you probably haven't talked to in a long time. I have a friend like that. There are some times when I'm going through some struggles, and I'm praying, and I'm asking God for help. This person would just call me out of the blue, and say, you know, the Lord just placed you on my mind, and I've been praying for you and this is what I think you know and so on and so forth and it will always be so refreshing to know that God does hear me when I pray and he's confirming it through people but not only does God confirm it through people but you can get confirmation through the scriptures God speaks through his word And I believe that it's important for you and I to understand that whenever God speaks, you can always find the answers to anything that you're looking for in the scriptures. So if you're praying and you haven't heard anything from God, it it could be wise for you to just spend some time and just read the word of God. Spend some time studying the scriptures. You might see the, the prescription for whatever it is that you're going through in your life and for whatever it is that you're asking God for begin to show up through the scriptures. And the third way that I think God um, usually confirm um, his will to us and he makes the confirmation through us is through the person of the Holy Spirit. You see, in keeping with God's promise, when God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, you wonder how would that gonna be possible, right? Well, over 2,000 years ago, God sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he sent him to die on the cross for your sins and mine. And while Jesus was getting ready to leave, the disciples began to feel a little bit like they were going to be abandoned. And they felt like, you know, we spent all this time with Jesus and now he's about to go and we have nothing. But Jesus looked at them and says, don't worry. I don't want you to worry because guess what? As I'm leaving, I'm going to send you someone. I'm going to send you someone who is not just going to be around you, but he's going to live on the inside of you. And that is the person of the Holy Spirit. It is God who is now in spirit, lives on the inside of you. And the Bible says, according to Jesus, he says, listen, he will be there to guide you. He will be there to teach you all things. So the spirit of God, he will comfort you. He will guide you. He will guide you into all truth. And what is the truth that the Holy Spirit is going to guide you to? It's the word of God. And so the Holy Spirit, if you have known Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And I'm telling you that whenever you're praying and whenever you're seeking out God for something, the Holy Spirit will confirm to you that the answer to your prayer is coming from God. And how does he do it? Sometimes he gives you joy. You just feel this sense of joy about whatever it is that God has answered your prayer for. Not only do you feel a sense of joy, but he gives you a sense of peace. You know, God's voice always leads to peace. And here's the thing. There is sometimes when you don't do what God tells you to do and you will not have peace until you do it. That is coming from the Holy Spirit. And not only that, but he gives you a sense of contentment. A sense that I'm doing the right thing. This is the right thing that God wants for me and for my life. So, is it okay to ask God for confirmation? Absolutely. He confirms his will through people. He confirms his will through the scriptures. And he confirms his will through the Holy Spirit. So sometimes you might be sitting there and you might be saying to yourself, you know, Man, I'm going through such a difficult time and I just don't know where God is in all of these things that I'm going through. I can't see him. I can't feel him. I, I, I just don't know where he is. And you might be tempted to be like Gideon to sit there and say, hey, hey, where's God when I needed him? Has he forsaken me? The scripture says, no, no, no. God has not forsaken us. The Bible says, never will God leave us, nor will he forsake us. But not only does God not forsake us, but God always answers our prayers. The answers that God may give might not be the answers that we're looking for. Usually we always say that there are three answers that God usually gives to prayer. He will either say yes, he will either say no, or he may tell you to wait, but God answers prayer. And so Gideon was in this waiting period. And when he really realized that God was answering his prayer, he realized that he was being the unexpected answer to prayer for Israel. And then when he found out that that's God's will for him, he needed confirmation. And so he asked God, God, can you give me confirmation that this is you? And guess what? God did. He confirmed to Gideon that this is who he is and that this is the task that he has for him. Here's the thing not knowing or not having the answers to the prayers that you ask for may make you feel like you can lose confidence. But knowing that God will never forsake you, knowing that God answers prayers, and knowing that God uh, will confirm um, what he speaks to you about can give you a little bit of confidence. You know what it gives you confidence to do? Confidence to continue praying. Listen to what 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14 and 15 says. He says, and this is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask God anything according to his will. Here's the promise, guys. Here's the promise. He hears us. He hears us. Let me read that again. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask him anything according to his will, he hears us. Does God hear our prayers? Here is the verse. It's saying, yes, God hears you. And look at the second part. It says, and if we know that God hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Wow. Gideon saw this firsthand. He was scared. He just didn't see it yet. And he didn't have the patience for it. But he says, but everything that they were asking for, God was planning it and God was preparing to give it to them. As a believer, the Bible says, all things work together for the good of those who are called by God. In other words, God is working out a plan to answer your prayer. We just have to wait because God is hearing. So if you're listening to us and you might be the one that is struggling and saying, God, I haven't he- heard you, you know, you may wanna just spend some time in his word. You may also wanna seek out someone who is very mature in the faith, who knows the Lord and, 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 and who, 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 who studies the word of God and who can give you some guidance And then you also may just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, just reveal what it is. Confirm these things for me so that I can know that what I'm hearing from you is really you. And you know what? God keeps his promise. He says he will hear us. And not only will he hear us, but you will have whatever it is that you ask of him. So let's go and ask God, whatever it is that is on your mind right now, take this time to just ask him. He's giving you the promise that he's hearing you. And not only is he hearing you, guess what? He's, he's planning, strategizing, and preparing whatever it is that you have asked him for. But also remember, you could also be on an unexpected answer to someone else's prayer. May God bless you and keep you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, o Lord, that, o Lord, that you are the God that answers prayers. We also remember your word that tells us that you will never leave us and you will never forsake us, Lord. We also know, Lord God, that if, if you answer us our prayer, we can have the confidence in knowing that we are walking in your will. Because you will confirm your will to us especially through the person of the Holy Spirit. And so, Father God, for the many people who are praying, somebody may be praying right now, Lord, and they probably say, I haven't heard yet. Father God, we're asking you at this time, reveal your answers to them, and that your name will be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.